We don't really use nitrogen, do we? What? Do humans use nitrogen? Yeah. It's like yeah. nitrogen makes up like 70% of the air we breathe. That doesn't mean we use it. Well, it kind of does. <laughs> if we no. take it in. Yeah. Yeah, but do we, we, I think we just immediately And like the nitrogen it. cycle is a whole thing, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, Earthman. <laughs> Tell us about the nitrogen cycle. The nitrogen cycle is a lot more chemistry than oh, I deal with. I don't fucking know. I think. I don't either. Are we doing it? I don't, know. I don't know. You tell me. I've never done this before. We usually just kind of start sometime. I know, but we have to make yeah. that choice. Are we starting or are we doing more stupid random shit? I have to edit out. Well, that's how, we, that's how we always start. Yeah. Well, we did decide to have this as a casual. A cozy cast. I forgot. Cozy, cozy cast. cast. Does anyone need a pillow? I made this plan. It was going to be so cute and then I forgot. Okay. Cozy cast. Oh boy. Plant it. Wait, not the plant. The point. <laughs> the, <laughs> point the point is we're, we're talking about climate change today which i don't know about you but makes me have a lot of existential dread so i thought make it a cozy cast bring down some pillows maybe a blanket i'm sitting on a fuzzy blanket but maybe i'll move it to tom i'm sitting on a fuzzy plastic chair yeah would you like a pillow no, I, I'm, I'm comfortable are you sure I, I'm, I'm very comfortable yes. are you cozy though like comfortable and cozy are two different things i, I would Could say you be yes cozier? i i I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Matt, could you I don't be know cozy? about the hesitation there. Yeah, the hesitation makes a bad sign. gives me I, hesitation. I had to think in my head about the difference in my mind between comfortable and cozy. Here's the fun thing is that if I need to get a pillow right now, I have to climb up the bed right. where all of our mics are anchored. Uh, be, Interesting sounds. Just be real careful about it. I can it. also just jump up on my chair. It's rain of pillows. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's rain of pillows. Hey, hey, hey. If I could go back to any time period, yeah, I'd be a singer in the 1940s. You think so? Peak American music. You ever go to like uh, an old time themed ice cream parlor? Yes. And they're blasting like hits from the 50s. Yeah. And life's just good. They got like a uh, fixed up like Chevy pickup out in the parking lot in front, like where their sign is. Yeah. I mean that's true, but then you only hear like the same three or four fifties hits. I think I think generally the eighties, seventies, eighties. I think that's where it's at. It's not, it's it's quality over quantity. I guess. I get bothered by this question all the time when people are like, "If you could go back to any time period," or like, "I was born in the wrong decade." Yeah. Like, I'm a gay woman. This time period suits me. Like, can I go to the future? If I go any further back, I have less rights. Well, you could go to the future, but you there's could. no you guarantees never know. there. Yeah, you never know huh? what's going to happen in the future. Segway into topic. Oh, that was perfect. I know. I'm what, getting real good at this. What will become <laughs> of the future? Mm. This is a good question. I know. Um, so today we're talking about climate change. We have Ben Bacon. Hello. Here to, do you want your last name on it? I mean, doesn't matter to me. Okay, because I don't know. We we I don't think we ever said Charlie's last name, but we never really decided I mean, if we're it's doing it's easily that available to the general ben public. Ben Bacon. It's yeah. just so it, fun to say. It, it too. works so well. You have one of the best names. Oh, thank you. Ben Bacon. I made it myself. <laughs> ben, what's your major? Uh, I'm an atmospheric science major. Woo. What do you do? Um, I study the weather and I study the climate. Climate, you say? A little bit. Not would as you, much as some. Would you argue it's changing? I would argue it's changing. In what way? It's getting hot. I'm um, having trouble finding that Kazoo Kid clip that I played last time. Why? Do you want to play it every time? What? Who well, are you? Find it this time. Would we run into copyright trouble if we always is it copy, play? Is it like I don't a copyright thing? Kazoo Kid is copywritten. I Does anyone strongly... know where that actually came from? 
would disagree. The Kazoo Kid Chronicles? I don't know. If it's not already in trouble with like the vast majority or the vast quantity of memes that oh my gosh, yeah, come out of it. I mean, if it's banned in the UK, that's is something it we could check. That's something we could check. If it that's is, true. then there will be copyright troubles because of the whole Article Thirteen controversy that went on. The government's coming after us. I had this explained to me a couple of days ago because I grossly misunderstood it. Do you want to? <laughs> yeah, please. Well, no, it was just all about. Um, like, people in America at least make memes out of everything. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times, like, especially if you're putting them into videos on YouTube or, like, sites where you can make money off views, hmm. then if you have something that could be copyrighted in your material or something that is copyrighted in your material, like, despite it just being there for comedic quality in a meme and you're making money off the views on it, like, that could get you into trouble, hmm. which is what um, they crack down on in the U.K., so anyway, oh, what? I'm flipping this around. Why? Because I like having you on my right side. Because you're on the right side. <laughs> okay, it's not the way they go, but like, sure. That doesn't really <laughs> matter. It does. Why does that? Why does because that matter? Because they're labeled left and right. Okay, I'm oh. an agent of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what are we talking about? Speaking of chaos. Speaking of chaos. Um. Yeah. yeah so we're gonna talk a little bit about climate change today. Uh, we're all young scientists. So we're all pretty pretty here with it in that climate change is real and it's a big problem that we think about often. I have a, I have a polling question to start. Uh, how like how often do you like spend time thinking about climate change? Every day. Every day, Matt. Every day. Yeah, I would agree. Every yeah, day. Yeah, every day. I was thinking. I was talking with one of my siblings about this the other day. It's like I think probably like even if you just go one generation above us that's not true yeah. it gets really heightened um and especially as of late when i'm like thinking about my future career mm-hmm. and then like the years ahead applying to grad school and i start to think like even further into the future like after i'm finished with that schooling once i get into a career and this is getting into like the late 2020s mm-hmm. possibly 2030s and i'm thinking about all like the wondrous things i could be doing like what kind of home life and family life i could be building in the future and then i stop myself and i'm like wait would that even be possible yeah yeah <laughs> like would we even still have the type of environment to suitably allow for that to happen mm-hmm. yeah who's to say oh and you're to say yeah i am to say well yes ben Bates. that is this that is me um yeah i wouldn't invest in waterfront property anytime soon <laughs> yeah no 10 out of 10 would not recommend that yeah, so especially as young people in science, I think it's especially topical to us to think about the climate pretty often. And like Matt and I were in physics, so like it doesn't really come up in our work life, but it comes up. I know it comes up in my like personal life constantly. Like I'm always thinking about like what can I be doing in terms of like trying to encourage good policy making for climate change, like in the way I vote, and then like oh by the way. Register to vote, anyone? Register to vote. Register to vote. Yeah. Yes, please do. It wasn't just like the day for it recently. I think so. Facebook made a big deal about Facebook it the other day. Facebook made a big deal about it. Yeah. So it maybe like, maybe today or tomorrow. What's today's date? It's the 28th. 28th. It's my half birthday. So Happy half birthday. Thanks. We might put out an Instagram post on the 29th. Ooh. So if you're registered to vote, go comment down below on that post and say hashtag vote for Fern. 
<laughs> I want you to know we got exactly zero comments for Fergie. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm still trying. Yeah. I Way put this. This is earlier engagement. in the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe they'll actually hear it. <laughs> Could be. Did we give an update? Uh, plant update. I replanted the plant um, into a really cute planter I made myself. It's really nice. Top-notch work to me. I think I posted an Instagram story about it when I first did it because I did it shortly after recording our last episode. But I think she's okay. I don't know. I worry constantly about this plant. I think it's just it's real beaten up. It's taken a beating from like being at like a Home Depot. And it hasn't recovered. As one yet. does. Yeah, as one does. Home Depot takes it out of all of us. <laughs> but I think hopefully things are looking up now that it's like in new, cleaner soil and like. Yeah, I mean, it's doing fine so far. Yeah, and I have my grow lights on it. My my fiddle leaf fig is fucking going for it. Really? Like, yeah. the, the top leaf on that plant didn't exist when I got it. And it's really? like big and full and new. And yeah, like, it's already pumping out another one. It's it's given me lots of love, which is surprising because they're yeah. notoriously fickle plants. So I'm not saying I'm great at plants, but like you're kind of great at plants. Check it out. I also have been assigned the job now of watering all the plants at work because one of my bosses came over and was like, hey, do you know what kind of plant that is? And I just happened to. And he's like, oh, you know, plants. And now I'm the plant person <laughs> at work. But they were looking so sad. There's like uh these giant planters just con- like full of ZZ plants and yeah. snake plants in in our office and they were all like drooping onto the floor which is not what a ZZ plant looks like they're like they stick straight yeah. up you yeah. know and but since I started taking care of them they started putting out new growth as well so I'm just saying this fern might be the death of me because otherwise I'm okay with plants. <laughs> Speaking of death, <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Four hours ago, Greta Thunberg. Just tweeted out, I have moved on from this climate thing. From now on, I will be doing death metal only. <laughs> what the heck? Because someone took the uh, her presser at the UN a little while ago and dubbed it over as Swedish death metal. <laughs> is it is it Thunberg or Thunberg? Because I've heard both. I don't know. I think it might be Thunberg. Oh my god. My message is that we'll be watching you. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna put a cease and desist out for you playing phone audio over the podcast. Uh, yeah, it worked out great last time. Um, Sometimes it works. In case anyone listening hasn't heard of Greta Thunberg, do you want to you tell us about her? I'm going to look up how to pronounce that real quick. I think it's Thunberg, yeah. but I might be wrong. I haven't heard her say it. I'll I'll explain while Matt's looking up how to actually pronounce her name. But essentially, Greta Thunberg is a, a young activist. She's like 15 or 16. Something like that, yeah. And she's kind of one of the, the early inciters of a lot of the school strikes on climate change. Um, and she's Swedish. Swedish, yeah. Yeah, she's Swedish, and she gave a talk at the UN. And since then, she's been kind of the topic of a lot of like weirdly political news. I know it's really and weird. It's really a lot of really very negative stuff. negative stuff about her, like from from the American right. I think yes. 
because she looks really young for her age she does and i feel like a lot of people don't know that Mm -hmm. they just look at her and think she's a really young girl so they don't take her seriously they don't take her seriously and she's very curt about her message which is basically like the generations of the past especially in the past probably two generations have Mm. let us down they're killing our planet and they're killing our futures as young people in america and in the world today and she like has a part of her speech where she just says how dare you and i think that has like a really powerful message and a lot of people our age have really connected to what she had to say and a lot of people of the previous generations have not connected with yeah, it. Yeah, they really can't. Very well at all. But yeah. I think what we were saying about how like each of us thinks about climate change literally every day because it's a very prominent part of what our futures are going to look like. Oh yeah. It's something that that is hard to connect to since it's I mean it's not really a new problem, but it's a problem that's coming to a head while we're young. Yes. I could not find out how to you pronounce the name. <laughs> You've let us down. I just went on the, her Wikipedia page, and it does not. You know how it usually has the little bracketed phonology thing. He has something to say. <sighs> I wonder if you can oh hear my that. Gosh. It's so cute. <laughs> oh. For those at home, that's a snake. It is a snake. He's slithering over the mic. That's so cute. What is your message, sir? <laughs> Wow. Powerful words from Mattress. He's going crazy. He's so cute. He's my son. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is a cozy cast. I need to keep myself like not getting very sad very fast. Otherwise, I'll just not say anything. And it wouldn't be a very great podcast. I'd just be like crying. So yeah. we have my, I have my son. I have a pillow. I have a fuzzy blanket. There's a candle burning. It's it's quite relaxing. It's yeah, we got to keep it relaxed because yeah. otherwise it's too upsetting. So, <laughs> what did not help me with this whole topic was that honors three hundred one we took last year with Fred Walter. That did not help because he ended up highlighting a lot of the huge uh, climate issues and things that people don't really think about when they think about climate change. Give yeah. us some examples. Um, like obviously the sea level rise is like a huge thing. Um hundreds of feet potentially if all of the ice that we had now melted not very pleasant and at specific locations i think yes. that's something people don't think about they're like oh sea level is going to rise like what like a meter mm. that's like i mean it's going to rise yeah. more than that but they think if sea level is going to rise a meter that rises a meter everywhere on earth which no. is like but it's, it's weird because it's not uniform it's not uniform because yeah. fun fact i did a project on this you might remember i do remember uh, that earth's gravitational field is not at all constant and because of like density profiles inside the mantle, some places on Earth have stronger gravitational fields than others. Um, if you want a, a fun, a fun uh, image, look up the uh, the Earth like geoid. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, some people call it potato Earth or like lumpy Earth, but it's like what Earth looks like if you normalize the gravitational field. And so gravity is the same everywhere. Oh my God! Please get off the mic. <laughs> And someone circulated a meme about it being like, not even a meme, but like a thing on the internet that's like, this is what (laughs) the earth looks like without water. And it was like so (laughs) untrue because it's like actually like so lumpy. Like, of course, that's not what earth looks like without water, but it got circulated a lot. And I think some people still think that. But no, it's it's, um, earth if gravity was always. How do you spell geoid? G-E-O-I-D. Geoid. 
Um, there's like a gif of it spinning around because it's really wild looking. It is. Um, okay. Maybe you can post a thing of it to our Instagram. But it's, um, yeah, it's Earth if gravity was always constant and perpendicular to the surface. So it's very lumpy. <laughs> but because of that, sea level rise doesn't affect everywhere the same. Um, do you know where it would be worse? I don't I can't remember. Um, I don't remember. I do know that there's a whole bunch of sites out there that you can just look up projected sea level rise and what the earth will look like mm -hmm. with like one meter more of water, 10 meters more. Um, and like a lot of the coastal areas, especially in the United States, get hit hard. Florida. Yeah, like, don't move to Florida. Yeah, friends. no. I feel like one of the problems that people have with accepting the consequences of these climate changes is that on like on paper these changes seem really minuscule like you talk about one meter sea level rise or like one degree global temperature rise like yeah they're like oh so it's 75 instead of 74 today like right. okay that's fine Ooh. but if you think about the amount of heat that it would take to change an entire planet's temperature yeah by one degree like i remember i saw this might not be true mm. but this is going off my recollection like the last time that the earth was one degree cooler was the ice age. <laughs> hmm. I don't like so, that. So if you extrapolate that to being hotter, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. I was uh, like, I was talking with my mom about this last time I spent a lot of time with her and I was, I was with one of my siblings and we both like think about climate change and about like political activism. Wow. <laughs> about political activism a lot. And so it's like naturally what we talk about a lot. And she's just like, why is this all you guys talk about? Like, it's so negative. And I think it's one of those things where like, it's so unthinkable, like how bad things could get that a lot of people just shut down the thought process really early instead of like, they're like that whole, like, don't dwell on it kind of mindset. <laughs> I mean, it's on such a scale that like most people can't even begin to comprehend like how things are going to be changing. Like it's just on a global scale and people aren't made to think that way on that large of a scale. And especially yeah. not when it comes to actually doing something about it. Yeah. And I think it's also one of those things where climate change, like we said, doesn't affect everywhere the same and it doesn't affect all people the same. Like the first countries that are going to get very vastly and that are, have already been yeah. vastly affected by climate change aren't like developed countries. Yes. And so it's that kind of like, oh, so it's not affecting me. But it really affects all of us. And especially as young people, it's like even more apparent how our world could be changing. Yeah. Like especially in America, we have yet to actually see direct consequences of it. I mean, we kind of have we wildfires have. in California. Yeah. The wildfires and the hurricanes were like uh, not started through climate change but like made worse yeah and just like weather patterns being yeah. disrupted but this is a bend topic this is yeah there's so much research going on to that right now pretty much all of the research that's going on well not pretty much all of it but a good chunk of the research that goes on now is based on how climate change is going to affect like the common weather things that we know like before mm -hmm. it's always been why they happen and what are like some of the the finer intricacies of the like microphysical processes that are going on but now it's just how are they going to change mm. with like all of this extra heat all of this extra or all these extra components to the atmosphere that we never had before that's something i haven't really thought about your research field is changing oh dr dramatically so much so quickly yeah oh my gosh yeah <laughs> it's probably pretty unavoidable that that's going to be like kind of a center point of at least 
part of your career. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, a lot of the new professors that have gotten hired at Stony Brook like, focused on just severe weather and trying to understand it throughout like all of their college careers and mm-hmm. like through their PhD and everything. And now that they're actually at Stony Brook, they're starting to gain most of their like popularity in the in the research field as they progress and work on stuff related to climate change. Hmm. Um, like Kevin Reed, I don't know if any of you have ever heard about him. He's done a couple presentations just for like the general campus, but he he is huge into how hurricanes are going to get affected by like the rising temperatures, the rising sea level, the warming of the seas. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's pretty insane. I did my whole project for for the class we took together on how Greenland like the melting land ice on Greenland is going to change the spin axis of the earth which like granted is a very minor change but I think it goes to show like how crazy the effects of climate change and like unexpected they will be on the earth like you don't think about the earth's spin axis changing ever oh yeah absolutely not unless you're especially <laughs> not through a man-made yeah it's cause. like and it's our fault like we 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 did that we changed the spin of the earth like that's crazy yeah Especially because at least a small part of a lot of weather systems are how the Earth rotates and are caused by the rotation of the Earth. So if that changes, then everything else kind of changes along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty interesting. It's it's an infinite number of pieces that are all going together to try to get like just one common piece of information. Yeah. Ben, I have a question. So naturally. Uh, wow, the concept of a podcast. Hi, I know. Welcome. Um, but... So you obviously are are here studying atmospheric science because that's what you're like passionate about. Yes. Um. But do you, because of climate change, feel any pressure to like continue in a field even if it's like not specifically what you want to do? Um, kind of a little bit. I mean, one of the reasons I kind of got into the field one because I really enjoyed the weather mm-hmm. and I love seeing what's going on outside, and two because I knew that climate change was going to be a big thing that was going to become very important mm-hmm. in. The fo- like the years to follow me entering into like this career path um so yeah there there is a little bit of pressure there because i feel like as people who study the atmosphere and study the climate we kind of have a responsibility to get a jump start um so i think it, at some point everybody's gonna kind of have to figure out at least generally what everything is all about here mm-hmm. um and i think we have to get a jump start on it and kind of be prepared to communicate it in the most effective way possible to like everybody like just the common person who doesn't know that much do you think climate change has changed the way that your field communicates with the public um it's it's interesting because there are a (laughs) lot there are a lot more factors to it than that yeah um like for example political forces um the the amount of political like political things at play in this is just absolutely astonishing. You never really realize it until you you sit down and try to dig into some of this stuff. Yeah. Um but the amount of company like big corporations that have tried to cover up the the spreading of some information like mm. like a lot of oil companies try to purposely botch studies. Um they they hire scientists and specialists in quotes to put out their own studies. Mm-hmm. Um and they end up just fudging the numbers so that they're like, "Oh, ha." Huh nothing's going on here it's it's a lot about people trying to sow doubt into everything that most climate scientists say is going to happen yeah um so i would say 
I would say generally we're, we need to become a lot better at trying to convey some of this information to the general public. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is very research heavy and very kind of like includes a lot of technical jargon um, and a lot of terms that aren't really accessible to, to most people. So it's really about finding a way that like conveys the information so that people get like the big pictures and what's important and but still in a way that like people can understand it's a very fine balance yeah i feel like that's a challenge in every field like i know in physics it's one of the hardest things to do is oh, communicate absolutely. your work um but especially for anything related to climate change like it's so important especially right now to to be able to communicate it oh yeah uh hi matt you're making a face what? I'm just hearing a really odd noise and I can't oh, tell I where it's coming Oh, I think Anna's from. blowing her nose. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think it's especially important to be able to communicate and be able to communicate in a way that people will listen. Uh, but I, I know I've talked to a few people about like individual com- contributions to climate change versus corporate and political contributions to mm. climate change. And I know like... Me as a person, I like try and minimize my my impact on the earth. Like I I don't eat animal products. I try and not be wasteful. I try not to use that much single use plastic. But like, there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, especially as like science people, <laughs> scientists, scientists. <laughs> as scientists, Students. like it, and and people who like kind of take a critical look at climate change, like you know, it's not doing much like there there has been a big movement towards like zero waste and that does not do nothing but like it's hard not to get discouraged when you know like the root cause of climate change is not the individual people yes. going I, throughout their lives i think too many people make that argument hmm. and then decide it's just futile to do anything themselves yeah. and they just blame I, the corporations exactly i do want to make that point it's so important regardless like the the change in in a country and in the world starts with like the people living in it and not just the people running all the money. So if people start and continue making little changes like that, it changes the demands on the market and it changes the way corporations behave. So it's not nothing. It is important. I encourage everyone to reduce their, their meat intake, especially in terms of water waste, but that's just me. Um, (laughs) But like it, it is really the little changes that you could make day to day that they don't do nothing. It's it's not futile. It's just it's hard to see the impact. Kind of going off that, one of my favorite, not favorite because it kind of sucks. One of my the things I find the most interesting about this is called the tragedy of the commons, mm. which is where people do get very discouraged about these kind of things because they're like, oh, I'm just one person in a world of like billions of people. What can mm. I possibly do? Yeah. But if everybody has that mindset then nothing is going to get done. Exactly. Ever. And especially as like kind of I, I hesitate to say very busy people, but like we're we're very busy people. Um like we don't have time to go to marches all the time. We don't have the resources to like really go and be that active while still maintaining our like career paths. Um it, it you can still do little things yeah, and like absolutely. even if you can't see the impact right away know that it does do something any little bit any little bit helps everyone stop using straws and stuff 
unless yeah. you need one for accessibility issues, which is nothing. Or reusable straws. Reusable straws are great. I don't use straws ever. I like the whole straw debate came up, and I'm like, I don't use them. <laughs> I just I I don't drink like cold drinks ever. If anything, I drink is like either water or <laughs> like a hot drink out of a mug. So I don't really use straws. I don't, I don't really get like why hmm? they became so popular to use straws as a concept yeah i don't know yeah. i mean they don't really they serve a purpose but it's like you can live so easily without them they yeah they serve a purpose but like why yeah why I do don't... you need that extra tiny little bit of convenience in your life uh, for for like That's most exactly people it. i don't Just think for, you do for like an average able-bodied drinker yeah right? i mean you said it it's for convenience sake people don't want to spend more energy than they have to yeah which is like you lift ironic. the straw off your mouth, <laughs> except for the extra inch yeah. to lift the lip of the cup up to your mouth. Yeah, I don't get it. People care about burning those calories, those half a calorie. <laughs> yeah, like I know uh, my family has a a problem. I've been trying to slowly resolve, but I have not been able to because they don't listen. But <laughs> um, with with drinking like fountain drinks from from like fast food places and gas stations. Now that I think about it. Maybe the main reason straws are, like, a concept is to prevent spillage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like straws probably caught on a lot when drive throughs became a thing. I don't know oh, if that's sure. true at all. It but, like, sense. people yeah. driving usually want... So much easier to have a covered a cup. Like, a covered yeah. cup when you're driving. Anyways. <laughs> Anywho. Um... Yeah, but it doesn't do nothing. I, I feel like we can all make little changes. And like the more little changes we make, the more demands on the market change. And it forces corporations to adapt to our new lifestyles. Like you can you can tell Justin, like I've only been vegan for, for three years, a little over three years. But like even in that time, I've, I've seen how much like the availability of plant-based food has changed. Which oh, is for sure. ridiculous. Yeah. Which means it works. It does work to be to be a person making one little change in your lifestyle and you you'll see that change in time. It just it's hard to see as an individual. You have to think big picture. Do you also notice a difference in how people have like come to accept that? A little bit. Like I don't uh I get I get mixed mixed reviews. I still get a lot of like, oh you're vegan, you're crazy. Like how do you do that? How do you not eat meat? And like, I get teased for it pretty relentlessly uh, by my parents, uh, by my dad. My dad's a big barbecue guy. Like, we lived in Texas for like a decade. He's a big barbecue guy, and it's like, it it is kind of a teasing point every time I go home. And I I think, however, like when I meet new people, if they're young people, they immediately are like, oh, okay, cool. But if they're older people, they're way more likely to be like, oh, you're one of those. Like, I literally got that comment this week. Like, really? I was, I, yeah, I was at work and one of my one of my bosses found out I was vegan. And he's like, oh, you're one of those. Even though, like, his office mate was also vegan. <laughs> but, um, it, you know, it, it's gotten definitely easier uh, around younger people to just be like, okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. And, like, people are getting better at accommodating it as well. Like, and I've noticed in general, like most people I know are cutting down on their meat, like not even thinking about it. It's just like the thing you do. You just don't eat as much meat as you used to, which is, yeah, good. I mean, especially now that there's more options out there that actually are like Yeah, especially decent. like if, if you're listening out there and you haven't tried tempeh, 
mm, you're missing out. Like, take some tempeh. It looks weird. It's full of soybeans. You can't eat it. <laughs> but Ben can't eat it because he's allergic to everything under the sun. But, I am. Yeah. Um, but take some tempeh. Saute it up until it's brown. Add some, like, Shazam and teriyaki sauce. And it's actually, like, so good. It's so good. I've better than a lot of meat I've ever eaten. And I've eaten some really good meat. But Well, I would expect from a Texas barbecue. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. My my dad actually makes like the best steak sandwiches. They were my absolute oh. favorite food until I went vegan. Mm. And I kind of it's funny because I like this is an Audrey's vegan cast, but like I, I went vegan very suddenly and unexpectedly. I was just I woke up one day and I was like, maybe this would help me like feel better as a person like health wise and just like it's a lifestyle change that i think i'm ready for and i just did and it was like two days before the fourth of july in a rural town mm. <laughs> so it was great mm. so what'd you Perfect eat that timing. day <laughs> i don't even remember what i ate that day it was mostly like a salad and a smoothie i think i definitely like the first few weeks being vegan i didn't eat enough food i think that's something people don't realize Audrey's vegan cast continues, but like when when you <laughs> when people like that aren't really that familiar with like veganism, first think like of a vegan meal, they think of a salad. And like I granted, I ate two salads today in quick succession because I ate one salad and I was like, I want it again and made it again. <laughs> but like I I eat so much food, like so much, and it's mostly potatoes. But like <laughs> you you need to eat so much more because meat's so like calorically dense. And, like, same with dairy is very calorically dense. Um, but highly recommend. I, I do feel better. <laughs> it's nice. And good for the planet, which is our point here. Yeah. It's interesting. Because ever since I've known you, at least since freshman year, you've been, like, like hardcore, like, never really wavering in that. Yeah. Which is, like, which is like very impressive. I, like, I to you. honestly never, not even something I think about. The only time I think about the fact that I'm vegan is when I'm going to a place where someone else is cooking for me. Like, because then I either bring my own food or I, like, very heavily apologize for the inconvenience. <laughs> but, um, and, like, going out to dinner places. But, like, nowadays, like, especially when I first went vegan, I was in, like, a very rural town and with, like, four restaurants. So, like, there weren't really options for me. Not a Whole Foods in sight. Not a Whole Foods in sight. Not a Target for 40 miles. <laughs> not a Walmart for 20. Yep. Like, it <laughs> wasn't ideal. So, but now that I'm, like, I'm on Long Island now, it's a little more populous. Oh, and it's, sure. yeah. there's So, there's options for everything. But, like, I'm just saying when you're going to Chipotle... And if you don't get meat, you get free guac. And so many people don't know this. Is that? I did not know that. Yeah. If you don't get meat, you get free guac. And really? the burritos are just as good, if not better, without meat. Just get, you get, here's what you do. Here's what you do. <laughs> you walk into Chipotle, you get a burrito. And instead of getting meat, you get double beans. Doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. Shameless plug for Chipotle. Say, Shameless oh my plug. God, fucking Chipotle. Wait, this is the kicker though. First, you get your quick free guac, obviously. Ding. Yeah. And then you get, all four salsas. We're talking really? the pico, the green medium one, the the like red chili hot one, and the corn salsa. It's no extra. No extra. All four salsas. Lettuce and guac. It's the perfect burrito. Very wet. <laughs> you might want to throw rice in there. <laughs> but it's so good. It costs less than any of the ones with meat. And you get free guac. I'm just saying, meatless chipotle is so easy and better did the extra beans add like the same amount of protein that the meat would 
Um, I don't know the exact protein content of beans versus, like, any meat. Um, I haven't had... I'm not, like, a big, like, gym rat. <laughs> so I don't really focus on my protein intake that much because I'm not actively building muscle. But, like, I haven't had a problem, like, losing muscle because I'm not getting enough protein. Protein's a lot more than, like... I know it's not muscle, but... Building like, up your biceps. I know. I know. I'm aware. But... I think there's so many options now for plant-based protein. It's, like, not that hard to avoid. I also, a lot of Audrey's vegan cast continues <laughs> further. But a lot of people talk to me about how being vegan is so expensive. And, like, I live on Long Island. Food's expensive anyway. But I spend, like, 40 bucks on groceries every week. Which is... That's not bad at all. Yeah. It's pretty cheap. Yeah. I know a lot of people who spend way more than that to get meat. Like, meat's expensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so if like what's expensive as a vegan is going out to eat because usually the places you go are marketed towards wealthier people because those are the places with options. But Chipotle's cheap, relatively for Long Island. Chipotle's cheap, <laughs> um, and cooking plant-based food is dirt cheap. Like you need you need beans, you need tofu, you need veggies and potatoes, and you're good. What's your favorite vegetable? My other than a potato. Other than a potato. Are potatoes vegetables? I don't even know. I guess. But spuds. Um Pods. Honestly, probably arugula. I eat so much arugula. I've eaten a full bag of arugula today. Oh. Yeah. Impressive. In my double salad. My my salad double header. <laughs> what are you doing? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so climate change. Yeah. <laughs> Audrey's vegan cast ends. Do you think veganism is the biggest? <laughs> no, 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 no. Do you think that's the biggest individual contribution that someone can make? Um, I think for the amount of effort, yes, I think so. Amount of effort and probably amount of money too. And the amount of money, yeah, because like other things you could do are like use less air travel. But like, how many of us? I actually, I read a paper once about how being wealthy is worse for the environment. Oh, so, for sure. like, go us for being broke. I remember I saw a couple weeks ago on Twitter, like, Kanye West flew his private jet to meet someone else mm -hmm. with who flew their private jet. And they, like, touched down on the runway, exchanged a few words, like, Kanye gave him a pair of his sneakers, and then they left on their private jets. Ooh. and everybody in the comments was just trashing them on how much like jet fuel that costs yeah oh my gosh yeah and the amount of emissions that mm -hmm. came out of that it's not great yeah like using public transportation is is great but it's small because unless you use it like literally every day yeah um there's got to be enough people using it too yeah especially so i think as an individual probably one of the biggest things you can do is, is probably going vegan or at least going vegetarian because like I think the animal agriculture industry, me going off again, but the animal agriculture industry is bad for the environment in a lot of different ways. Uh, I think one of the biggest ones is water waste. Like the amount of water it takes to produce a burger versus like like a ton of lettuce is like so radical. So it's, it's really good for, for water conservation and it's really good for land use because a lot of our agricultural land is used as animal pasture right now, where we could be using it to get more food out of vegetables. That's true. But then you also have to be a little bit careful because I live by a lot of farmland and a lot of farmers. Mm -hmm. And I know 
that you you have to mix it up every once in a while because certain vegetables drain certain nutrients. Oh out yeah, of the soil, you have to so. rotate your crops. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but unfortunately, as more and more people are getting put on this earth, less and less space is available mm-hmm. to be able to rotate stuff effectively. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything leads into something else. I don't know, but it's better. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the best thing you can do. Other than that, I'm not an expert in like obviously climate science hi ben (laughs) but i think i i think we can all make an effort to use less like plastics and in general it is better for the planet to like essentially do things yourself so like instead of going out to eat cook food yourself instead of um like buying new clothes repurpose some yourself thrifting is really good for the environment Highly yeah. recommend. All my favorite clothes are from the thrift store. These yeah, pants so are from fun. the thrift store. Yeah. You know, just good things. Buy local honey. I don't know. Yeah, everything helps. Everything helps. Little things help. They add up. Can we talk a little bit about energy? Yeah, absolutely. you want to... Absolutely. Because I watched a TED Talk earlier on I nuclear power. I watched it because you sent it to me. I did send it to you. It was really good. That's why I sent it to you, to yeah. talk about it today. Um... I think you left when I was playing it earlier today. I listened to like a oh, half of it. But yeah, because I think you are in a good position to talk about nuclear power <laughs> since you've done some work. Sure, in that area. <laughs> I've done some work in that field, arguably. Um, well, let's let's sum up what the what the talk was saying. Maybe we can link it somewhere, like on our Facebook or something. But um, basically, the talk was talking about um, about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nervous chuckles for climate change (laughs) the can you stop the talk was talking about i'm gonna lose my shit uh the guy was talking about nuclear power and how basically how much we need it um because while solar and wind are great they're not reliable until we have we were talking with charlie about this until we have better batteries we can't rely on it all times of day and all times of year and so uh nuclear power is ridiculously reliable like i think it was saying 92 percent of the year is producing power yeah that's crazy that's really good and so it would be obviously a clear choice for a newer clean energy to be putting like effort and research into but the reason there's so little market for it because a lot of most of the science is there the reason there's not market for it is because people are terrified of nuclear power. Yeah. Because of past. Honestly, it's like air travel. Like mm-hmm. air travel is like one of the safest ways to travel, but you only hear about the bad incidents. Like, yeah. Right. And they're so few and far between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I actually, I guess I am in a unique position to talk about this because I've seen a nuclear reactor like with m- mine own eyes. Um, yeah, and are they radiation burned? No. <laughs> it's actually very spooky. If you are interested in seeing probably one of the coolest things you'll ever see, you, I, most people are unlikely to ever have the chance to see it with their own eyes, but there are photos of it on the internet. Look up Cherenkov radiation from a nuclear reactor because basically what you see through about 30 feet of ultra-pure water, because that's what's shielding a lot of the radiation from getting into the lab, is this really crazy ethereal blue light 
that like has no source or explanation to like your logical human brain because it's not something that you usually see ever. And so it's really cool. Highly recommend if you get a chance to go to a nuclear reactor, go, go. I mean, obviously, that's not a chance most people have. And I'm very lucky to have seen one. But, geez, it's weird hmm. and cool. Why do you think people are afraid of? Outside of, like, the <laughs> obvious accidents that have happened. I think... Do you think that's a... There's anything else to that? I mean, I think World War II and the Cold War really fucked us up. Mm-hmm. I think after, like, the development of, of the hydrogen bomb, like, and so much propaganda about like radiation and and nuclear attacks when people think nuclear they think death Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like after hiroshima and after like the things for actual like nuclear power plants like chernobyl and what was the other one fukushima yeah um like that they hear nuclear they think like just danger and like deadly propaganda bad turns out i don't think there's also very much support from hollywood either like chernobyl the show the show on hbo great show i haven't watched it yet it's great show but it definitely didn't yeah dial things down for people oh man as soon as i saw the trailer for it i'm like oh no (laughs) see i think it did a really good job of highlighting the fact that it wasn't the science it was the human incompetence factor yes but it's still like i know it's important to preserve that history of like what happened at chernobyl uh and i know that they didn't like the i think the directors and like the people behind that show said that they didn't want to propagate fear of nuclear power or nuclear science but it still did i think it still did yeah. i mean it's I think still scary just by nature of the topic yeah we're... by nature of the topic i don't think it's something we es- essentially really needed right now in a time where nuclear power could be probably one of our best bets mm-hmm. but I don't know. I'm I'm someone who's who's worked in an office on top of a bunch of like nuclear related accelerators and it's I like had to go through so much radiation safety training in order to be in an office that wasn't even involved with the experiments going on downstairs. But um like it, they do a really good job of making you scared of it even in science, which I think is a problem. Like they give you a logical path if something happens that's radioactive. But, like, because you have to go through so much safety training behind it, it makes you scared of it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not perfect. It's not a perfect solution. But at least for the meantime, mm-hmm. it might be a good way to kind of stall things yeah. and give us a little bit more time until we find out something that's better. Yeah, because we really need a non-polluting energy. But I think this is kind of the same thing where where people, you've probably heard people say this, like, I don't want to eat something with, like, chemicals in it you know? Right. Or like, I don't want to use that. It has chemicals in it. Like everything is a chemical. Water is a chemical. You are made of chemicals. And like when people are saying like they're scared of something like radiation and like, especially, uh, I I read a whole paper once about Spider-Man and like how, (laughs) and how comics change the way like their villains and their heroes, like their origin stories based on what's currently feared by the public. So like it used to be like space stuff like aliens like superman's an alien and all this and then like spider-man radioactive spider easy um because it was spider-man started during the cold war yeah and it makes sense but i never thought about that i know it's crazy right um but it especially because it's something that i feel like doesn't get discussed by the public at all like what radiation is or what like 
high light is radiation. Yeah. Honestly, it's just a general it's just lack a of understanding, which I think yeah. kind of goes back almost to the whole communication aspect mm-hmm. of things. Because if we got that information out there, then people wouldn't really necessarily be as fearful of some of the things that they are. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's a big problem with science communication that needs to change in an effort to to prevent or not prevent curtail climate change. It can't be prevented. It's already going. Yeah. <laughs> How are we doing, Matt? We're at 56 minutes. Really? That was uh, so fast. I know. I mean, the first like 20 were me getting pillows and water and things. But that is true. We can that is true. For a bit. true. But where were we? Um, I don't know. We're talking about radiation. Radiation. Yeah, because one of the things that guy in the talk, what was his name? Let me. Yeah, find his name so people can look it up. Yeah. Because it was a really good talk. Michael Schellenberger. Hmm. Like, he showed a graph of the amount of deaths per, like, unit of power produced. Mm. And nuclear was, like, almost minuscule on this scale. Yeah. I could put... We should... I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. What? But, like, I could go through the TED Talk, like, video and then screenshot these graphs that he put up and then i could post them to our you story you can also look up the guy's research this is true he's a researcher this those gotta true. be published as long as you credited it mm-hmm. um yeah it, it really is a, a safe form of power i think the the effects of things going wrong in nuclear power have been so publicized in such traumatic contexts especially with like all of the things in world war Two and the cold war that like it's going to be really hard to change that perception. And it was like you said, it's exactly the same as plane travel Mm. with public fears of that. And another thing that he touched on in his Ted talk is that a lot of people are afraid because they think it could be weaponized, Mm. but it's already been weaponized. Well, yes, but there has never been an instance of like, this is kind of paraphrasing what he said. There has never been an instance of a country having nuclear power and then weaponizing it. It's always been the exact opposite. Yeah, it's the other way around. Because the best yeah. way of getting rid of a nuclear arsenal is to use it to power your country. Yeah. yeah. I mean, France has been using nuclear power for a while now. Like that's where a good chunk of their that's where a good chunk of their energy comes from. Mm-hmm. And they haven't really had any kind of issues when it comes to that sort of that sort of outlet for their nuclear arsenal. Yeah, and I think one of the I'm gonna get political. I wanna do by the way, I wanna do an episode on on like specifically on politics and science it's on the list it's it's on our list um so (laughs) keep listening um but uh like today not today specifically but like modern day um in like the 2020 democratic race for the primaries there's been a lot of discussion of nuclear power i know some like politicians are very against it which is something especially when you think about climate change in general it's like such a political thing when it, i feel like it shouldn't be because it's a scientific fact that it's happening yeah. but I mean, then it's a, it's a polarizing thing and people like to jump on one side or the other yeah and i i feel like you got you have a lot of people like very willfully trying not to think about it because they think about other issues in their life ahead of that but as as things are getting worse and worse and especially for us as young people it becomes more and more the only issue you think about yeah. I mean, and I think that kind of transitions nicely into the thought that like with all these studies coming out saying, oh, you only have 30 years to to do something drastic about this. Mm-hmm. Like, like a lot of people 
I feel like can get caught up in like kind of the doomsaying aspect of it. Like, oh, we only have a short amount of time. There's like no hope whatsoever. Because mm. I know I've definitely been sitting thinking, oh, gee, it's taken decades to reduce global carbon emissions by a fraction yeah. of what they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with some current political climates, um, that doesn't seem to be likely to get fixed anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely reason for hope. Like mm-hmm. people are coming out with new inventions, new new modes of energy that that really um, that really offer a lot of potential potential opportunities for the future. Yeah, this is something I think about a lot as someone whose research is primarily funded through the Department of Energy. Ah, yes. Um, because like my energy, my energy, my <laughs> my research in like pretty much fundamental physics is classified as energy research but then when i think about it like i think of it in a lot of ways as energy research but it's like when they first researched like radio waves like how many years did it take for the radio to actually get invented and implemented like it's so far down the line that i a lot of times i'll be thinking about my research and then start wondering if there's time for it to actually (laughs) have a point (laughs) before things get too bad for it to matter i think that's just a priority problem (laughs) because we have these climate issues and like these solutions that are implemented over such long-term scales Mm -hmm. like relatively like tens twenties of years and then you turn around we have all these social issues that affect people today tomorrow Mm -hmm. on such short-term time scales yeah and you can only have like if you have too many goals yeah you're never going to accomplish anything you're never going to be able to formulate like an effective plan to solve one problem so we fall into the hole of prioritizing these really short-term problems mm-hmm. while we just push away and ignore Congratulations, this long... world. We're procrastinating. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's hard for me, like, especially in today's political climate as like, I'm going to say it again, as a gay woman, um, like, it's hard to balance. And especially as like someone who's pretty, pretty passionate about human rights in general, it's it's hard to take a look at like the social issues we have like lack of access to healthcare and lack of a lot of rights honestly um it's hard to look at that and then prioritize climate change but then it's like always in the back of my mind i'm like well none of this matters if our planet's dead yeah i mean one of the things that's very interesting that i've found in taking certain classes is that everything is is pretty much tied together. Like mm-hmm. there will be more social issues that are created if we don't work to stop yeah. climate. Like the amount of people that will have to be displaced if the sea level continues to rise, or and that's a social issue. Now. Yeah, yeah, or certain places that run out of water and get no rain throughout the year. Um, mm-hmm. People moving because they're trying to find clean water or like a dry place to stay. Um, it's going to create a lot of tension and a lot of stress as more and more people are getting pushed to a smaller and smaller area. Yeah, and usually as things get more and more desperate, like marginalized groups get less and less rights yes. as as people. So I don't know. It's spooky stuff. This is why it's a comfy cast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to segue this a little bit. Ooh. Ooh. Because being the big space nerd that I am. Oh, are you going to talk about terraforming? I'm going to talk. Yes, Ooh. exactly. <laughs> Interesting. I'm going to jump on the whole Occupy Mars movement. Mm. Because Mars is like a very cold, atmosphere-less 
It's a very thin atmosphere. Relatively speaking. Yeah, pretty much atmosphere. So like one of the best ways to warm it up and like give it a stable atmosphere to like keep in heat is to just drop nukes on it. And it's just crazy to me because we can either save this planet or like focus on finding another one. Yeah, but hard to do and both. And the ways to save this planet is the complete opposite of the ways of creating a new earth Mm, yeah it's just so contradictory to me (laughs) it's just kind of funny having a philosophical moment that's not philosophical it's science i know okay yeah i know but like marveling at the juxtaposition because a lot of my research kind of ties into that last resort Mm. of like the solution to climate change is just leaving Earth. Yeah, I and mean finding a new one. Yeah, I mean, and what's what's also kind of interesting is that the Earth is going to change regardless of whether or not we're on it. Like, even if we're all gone and something manages to wipe out the entire human species, the Earth is going to start to revert back to what it was before. Um, before we got here, which I find interesting that. Like, we're still not too far gone. Things can be turned back um, in a way that in a way that they were before we were here. Mm-hmm. So, like, nothing really is permanent. They just happen on time scales that we can't even begin to fathom, like, hundreds of millions of years. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, do you remember when you were a kid and you first learned about, like, the heat death of the universe? <laughs> I always I was always hung up on that because heat death you think of being really hot mm. not being really cold mm. which is what the heat death is. Yeah. Heat death. Anyways. Yeah, but like we, when you first start thinking about the fact that like there could be no future <laughs> like as a kid, I don't know if that's something that like our parents were raised with that idea. But I think it's it's interesting now that we're older and climate change is at like such a like top priority in our brains. Like it takes up so much space in my mind that there's like so little space for other things. Um, I think it's interesting how like how prominent the idea is that like things could just fall apart. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Dark. Ooh. I know. Cozy cast. I know, cozy cast. But um, I think it's something that that we've had to deal with as a generation and that future generations are going to have to deal with even more. Which is, that's a scary thought. From a really scary thought. Like, I think about, like, the people born, like, around now and I'm, like, so sad for them. (laughs) Yeah. But. I'm not going to delve into this because I know you don't want to hear it. What? But this is, like, a really big pillar of the Fermi paradox. So for those interested, yeah, please for yeah. those who don't, I, I will have a, I'll put something else out there, some external content. Okay. Because I know you don't want to hear this. So uh, stay tuned for something else <laughs> that I'll figure out in the future. What's your external content? I'll have a corner. Oh, you are you in a corner now? Well, no, you know what I mean. Okay. I'll add it to my <laughs> philosophy corner. We'll talk about the Fermi paradox. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't want to end on that note. Yeah. We got to... How are how we doing, Matt? Where are we? Hour seven. Yeah, that's not bad at all. We can still talk about new things. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Ben Bacon. Yes. Hmm. I'm thinking of a question. <laughs> I'll edit the I'm, pause I'm, out. I'm, I'm ready. Oh, are you prepared for my question? I, I'm prepared. Matt, do you have a question? Tell me one thing that you want people to take away from this. One thing from peop- that people can take away from this is that there, there is a lot of doomsaying with regards to climate change, which I don't necessarily think helps the issue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. And it's not, it's not just like any one person. It's like, it's it it goes back to the communication thing like a lot of what we can do to help gets lost in all the doom and gloom of like oh like we're like down to the final hour of what we can do um to try to reverse some of this stuff but um there's definitely still hope and definitely still ways that people can go about like changing things for the better um like like I said, like some of the new inventions and sources of power that are coming out will help a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the the research that's going on is going to help to kind of soften the blow a little bit and give us a, a better understanding of what we can expect. Um, because at the at the rate that we're going, things are going to change. Even at even if like we stopped all carbon emissions right now, carbon stays in the atmosphere for a long time. And a lot of the other greenhouse gases that we're putting up in the atmosphere stay in the atmosphere for a long time. So we're going to experience some changes, mm-hmm. but that like hard, like kind of the deadline that scientists are giving us, like we'll still live long beyond that deadline and yeah. that, and that point. It's just a matter of when that change that we're going to see over a long period of time is going to get a little bit too much for humans to live comfortably. Yeah, and what becomes permanent. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Relatively permanent. Yeah, relatively like, permanent to, like, human civilization. Yeah. Um, I also do want to say one of the biggest things you can do as a young person uh, is, as soon as you can, register to vote and make it known that that's one of your priorities to... Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, like, our, our representatives in the government are literally representatives so let them know what issues you want them representing, because while there is there are issues in in what actually gets uh gets through, um if you if you make noise, they they can't not yeah, listen. Exactly. So that's, their that, job. that's yeah. Exactly. So it doesn't have to be rioting in the streets, even though sometimes God, I want to riot in the streets. <laughs> but I mean, you can you can call your local like district congressman's office you can call and people in your local government and just let them know hey i'm a member of like your district or your state or your like country and this is my top priority you're my representative i want to see you voting in the favor of the way we feel yeah exactly and another thing that's kind of cool is if you ever go to a climate march i went to like the science march in the city a couple Mm -hmm. years ago the amount of people that were there just solely on a climate perspective offered up a lot of hope. Yeah. There was like tens of thousands of people that attended this march. So it's really, there are a group of people that are out there and willing to make a change and support the changes that are going on. It's just a matter of doing it. Basically. Yeah. Basically just doing it. Matt, any thoughts? I think people should be excited about this. (laughs) Because it can be real easy, as you guys have touched on, to be like discouraged, yeah. afraid, 
of all this. But I think this is a really good chance. Mm. And this applies mainly to our generation, less so to people older than us. But we have the chance to really be a turning point in the history of our species. And like, Mm. as you said, like human actions can really have a drastic impact on like the earth, like changing its (laughs) spin axis. Changing the climate. But like we have the chance to do or make changes that are so great and like so vast on a global scale that it's incredible to me. And like it's almost inspiring Mm. because like you hear so much in like especially history class, like all these great generations that have come before us and like had all these amazing accomplishments. But like what we're talking about for our generation is like at its bluntest life or death of our planet yeah and that's incredible to me crushing responsibility but cool <laughs> that, that's a that's a, a pretty strangely optimistic way of looking at it yeah like, i mean i get it though I, and i think with like there's going to be a point and i think we're very quickly approaching that point where especially people in our generation are going to have to take charge it's either gonna ways. we're either gonna do it or we're not going to do it. So yeah. we might as well do it. We should do it. Um, but like thinking about, like we were talking about Greta Thunberg, like like the young generation is, is starting more and more to step up and be like, this is first off, like how fucking dare you? But also this is our job now. Like, let us do this. Because I think, especially as young people, one of the things that can be the most upsetting is that you feel like you're not the one doing it and you're not in a position to fix it. But it really is. It's our it's our problem now. It's it's like the responsibility of our generation and the, the next probably the next couple to to help fix this. And I think with the drastic changes we're inevitably going to be making in like the next couple decades, I'd say, as as we become like more yeah. powerful, I guess, <laughs> as we level up. Um, <laughs> but I, I think we're going to be able to make a lot of positive change for our climate. I think we're also in doing that. It's going to result in a lot of positive changes for like the social issues we care about because we'll have the power to do it. Yeah. I think that that ties kind of nicely into like what we're doing now. Like what are we going to do? Adaptation? Like are we going to adapt yeah. to everything as it comes or are we going to work to prevent the problems before they happen? Yeah. Like as of right now with all like the weather, like the severe weather and stuff that's getting caused by climate change, it seems like most global governments are taking the stance of, oh, we'll just pay for the repairs and the damages as they come. Mm. Then we'll wait till the next round of stuff rolls around and then we'll pay for those damages instead of like hunkering down and spending more money and more time and resources into finding a solution, but something that's going to end up saving money in the long term. It's basically, do we want to, do we want to pay now or do we want to pay later? Yeah. And I think if there's anything we're good at as, a collective is being proactive about things like i don't do anything but worry about the future i don't know about you guys but if i'm gonna fix something i'm gonna start now (laughs) but yeah that's a nice that's a nice thought like we've got we've got a lot of things to do and it's a little bit horrifying that we have to do it but just go out there and do it we just we just gotta keep going and making little changes does help for sure. Yeah. It is like procrastinating for an assignment. Eventually, you just have to hunker down and like pound out a solution or pound yeah. out an answer or something that um is just presentable. 
Yeah. And, and at this point, we're just looking for uh, yeah, I'll a presentable a, solution. I'll take a passing grade. Like 65 is fine right now. I don't need an A on this assignment. I just need to not die. It'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, thanks for watching. What? No. <laughs> Wait, do we have any closing things? I don't know if we do. We already did the plan update. Oh. I can't think of anything else. Um, What can we expect for next week? Oh, you want to do this now Ooh. on the pod? I'm just... Oh, God. Uh, I'll just, if you have week. anything coming in mind. Week. If we planned ahead at all, like we could probably do that. But we don't usually plan things until like day of... <laughs> Talk about being proactive. I know, being proactive. I don't know. Um, it. I mean, but this week, really, a lot of what influenced us to do this this week, even though it was already on our list, was um was like the the news on on Greta Thunberg and all the uh kind of buzz around around climate change right now. We wanted to put our two cents in, but so topic may change next week depending on the landscape of media next week Ooh. i know we're we're a hot bleeding edge <laughs> topic <laughs> but i don't know what do you want to talk about next week man no idea oh great cool good input because <laughs> <laughs> what usually happens is i like i fall into a hole hmm where I get really obsessed with watching videos on this one topic. So I send you a couple of YouTube videos. Yeah. Don't get any reaction. <laughs> I save it for the podcast. Clearly. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's all we've got for this week. Yeah. A shorter one. Last week was pretty long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was it too long for no, you? No, absolutely sir? not. I enjoy listening to <laughs> oh, it. Thank you. Yeah. I try really hard. At what point do you think a podcast becomes too long? I don't have anything else to contribute. Oh. Ben Bacon, anything? Any last words? Any last words? Um, yeah. The hard, like the hard date that you hear about climate change, it's not really a hard date. Like the more we do, the more that deadline's gonna go up. So the more we can do sooner, the better. Yeah. And that's that's my last thought on the matter. <laughs> All right. In that case, we'll see you next week. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having watching. me.